1: SSOP.
0: That cost seems absurdly low to me. Like, first, I expected it to be much higher given the quality of the content, but also $0.99. You you can't park next to a theater for $0.99.
1: Accurate. Also, if you watch Marquee TV, you get to see these shows maybe wearing your pajamas and hanging out with your cat or your dog.
0: Yeah. It's a good way to sort of indulge your own curiosity. You can see all the performances of Hamlet or maybe the first 15 minutes of all of the performances of Hamlet, and you don't have to rope your friends and family into all of that.
1: Or you could watch Richard II over and over and over and over.
0: (laughs) What's the best angle for David Tennant Mm -hmm. in Richard II?
1: Trick question. All of them. (laughs) Anyway, you definitely need to explore the website because there is a ton of really fun, fascinating... Engaging stuff on there. I went in specifically looking for Shakespeare and I found a ton of other things I wanted to watch.
0: Yeah. You can keep up with what they're doing on social media at Marquee Arts TV. You can visit their website at marquee.tv. That's marquee.tv to get three months of their service for just 99 cents with the promo code SSOP. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. And now the show. Hi, I'm Sam Payne, host of the Appleseed Podcast. This season, imagine this. A crackling fire, a mug of cocoa, and family gathered around a great story. All you need is the fire and the cocoa. We'll take care of the stories. Join us in every episode of the Appleseed Podcast for folk tales, fairy tales, family stories, tall tales, and more. Shared by some of the country's most beloved storytellers. And just right for gathering around. Make it a Christmas season to remember with the Appleseed Podcast. Find the Appleseed wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Coming up, an adventure story that begins at an unusual theater.
0: A bittersweet walk through London.
1: Plus, our distraction of the week. I'm Mel.
0: I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time.
1: I am really looking forward to reading The Whalebone Theater by Joanna Quinn. This is an adventure story set in the early 20th century. The heroine is an orphan. I love a story with a plucky orphan at its heart. I
0: mean, who doesn't?
1: Her name is Christabel Seagrave, and it sounds like she is very put upon indeed. She's being raised by unloving step-parents because her father died in a horse-riding accident. Oh. She also has a governess that's described as brisk. One night in 1928 a whale washes up on the shores of the English Channel. She and her siblings do the only reasonable thing. They build a theater from the whale's ribcage and put on
0: plays. (laughs) I hope some industrial cleaning products were used there.
1: I can assume. Okay. By the time Christabel is a young woman, Europe is in the throes of World War II. So she and her brother put their theater skills to use again. But this time they become British secret agents and their missions take them into Nazi-occupied France. I feel like the author, Joanna Quinn, was peeking at my list of favorite things to find in a story. Yeah. This sounds like custom-made for me.
0: Are there recipes in this one?
1: (laughs) Not as far as I know, but you are correct. That would make it perfect. Yeah. This is the author's first novel. Yep. And the New York Times said, it's absolute aces. Really? That would be amazing to have the New York Times say that about anything you did.
0: It feels like the gray old lady is getting a little effusive.
1: (laughs) The Washington Post said that the author has a deft way of depicting lost worlds like a fading seaside aristocracy, a training school for British agents, and a Parisian theater in wartime. That's the Whalebone Theater by Joanna Quinn, and it's out now.
0: My book is The Hero of This Book by Elizabeth McCracken.
1: I love Elizabeth McCracken.
0: She's lovely. This book is funny and charming and well-written and engaging. I have a copy, and as I was writing this, I kept picking it up and reading large chunks of it just because I enjoyed the writer's voice. And I needed to hear all of that because the premise isn't necessarily going to take you there. The premise of this book is that the narrator is a writer, An unnamed writer, although it feels very much like a thinly veiled autobiography. That writer's mother has recently died, and the writer is taking a walk through London, which was one of her mother's favorite cities. And so it all comes out. It's a portrait of the writer and the mother and their complex relationship. There's also a strong sense of London. There's grief and there's release, and there's a fair chunk about writing and about how that art plays against all of this. The best I think I can do right now is is give you a paragraph from the book to give you a sense of how that all plays. Okay. Here we go. My father loved trains, and my mother took many to humor him, including when they were in their mid-70s from Copenhagen to Prague, switching in Cologne. My father had gone ahead with the luggage while my mother walked alongside the cars wondering how to board. She hadn't figured it out by the time the train pulled out of the station. Oh. Yeah. Aboard, my father understood that my mother was on the platform, panicked, looked around, saw the emergency stop cord, Mm. considered things for half a moment, and pulled. (gasps) The train stopped. My mother was lofted by the hands of a half dozen Germans, light as a feather, and everyone involved agreed that this was a reasonable use for the passenger emergency brake. And was that a lifelong dream of yours, to pull the cord for a good reason? I asked when my father told me the story. Yes, he said quietly, moved to be so understood.
1: Oh man, she is so good at doing the kind of poignant, little bit melancholy mood. The book of hers that I really love is The Giant's House, and that whole thing is filled with kind of that sense of wonder, but also like a little underpinning of sadness, maybe.
0: Yeah, I was absolutely getting that from this book. It's got this really lovely chunk of life, and we're glad to be here mixed with her mom's gone now.
1: Seems like a good fall read.
0: It does. That is The Hero of This Book by Elizabeth McGracken. And now, our distraction of the week.
1: One of the things I love about cities with medieval old towns is that there are hidden spots where magical things can happen. Oh, like what? Well, here in Prague, there are sort of tunnels between the buildings called Passage. So from the street, it just looks like a doorway. But inside, you might find a cozy little bookshop or a hidden cafe with delicious coffee and pastries.
0: One of my favorite passages here in Prague has a coffee shop and a bookstore and a game shop and i get into that passage and i never want to leave.
1: That one also has a stained glass ceiling, which is yeah, amazing. As you listen to this, David and i are visiting Madrid, and on our self-guided walking tour of the city, we're going to a hidden window where we will buy cookies from nuns. Hidden nun cookies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
1: On a narrow side street lined with imposing brick buildings, there's a heavy wooden door that leads to an Augustinian convent, the Monasterio del Corpus Christi. It is home to cloistered nuns. That means that from the time they join the convent, they never go outside. Next to the door is a sign that says Venta de Dulce. That means roughly sweets sale and there's a buzzer marked Monja. That means nuns. So you push that button, and they buzz you in. Inside, there's a long hallway. At the end is a big lazy Susan in a window called a Torno. And that's where the magic happens. Without seeing the sisters, you can order cookies from a posted menu that's written in Spanish and English. There are orange-flavored cookies, shortbread dusted with confectioner's sugar, lemon biscuits, and more. One small potential pitfall, you have to request your cookies in Spanish. So Dave, I feel like you and I need to decide which one of us is going to memorize how to ask for cookies in Spanish.
0: (laughs) I think we both know who that's going to (laughs) be. You. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) So you ask for your cookies, and then the Torno spins, and the cookies appear but you don't take them yet. You place your euros next to the cookies, and you let the sister know by knocking on the toro. And then she turns it back, the money disappears, and the delicious homemade cookies are ready to be picked up.
0: I'm not sure if that's more amazing from my perspective or from the nun's perspective. (laughs) You know, she's presumably been there for decades, taking money from people who Mm -hmm. she never sees.
1: I wonder if they have a peephole. Oh. Because we're not supposed to see them, but that doesn't prevent them from looking at us.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: This monastery was founded in Madrid in 1607, and selling cookies and rosaries and prayer books is a way for the nuns to make a living while staying cloistered from the outside world. This was a new idea for me, and then when I went digging, I found out they are not the only ones there are more than 900 nunneries in Spain and about a third of them make and sell sweets. Wow. According to the culinary legend, the nuns of the convent San Clemente in Toledo invented marzipan, which is another one of my favorite things. That's,
0: that's, that's quite an amazing sentence you've got there.
1: <laughs> in the 11th century, when there was no wheat for bread, the sisters make sugar and almonds to make marzipan instead. Not a bad trade. Oh, You can also find cloister cookies in Barcelona, Sevilla, Avila, and Granada. And every year in Salamanca, the city hosts the Feria de los Dulce de las Monjas. That is a mouthful for someone who doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah. It means the fair of the nuns' sweets, and it showcases cookies baked at all of the area's convents.
0: so it's a festival for nun cookies, but none of the nuns go.
1: Exactly. We will surely put photos of our sweet convent adventures on Instagram. So follow us there if you want to see our cookies. Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more details about the nun cookies of Spain and the books we discussed.
0: Thanks for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself.
1: Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon.